Welcome to the Freedom Lifestyle podcast series, a series that is so much more than just a podcast series. This is a movement towards freedom in life and in work and about taking a lifestyle you know you deserve. I'm your host, Sam, and I have always admired working where you want, when you want, and how you want. Just like my guests, I found my version of the freedom lifestyle, and I'm sharing all the secrets for how you can too. The freedom lifestyle looks different for everyone. What's your free? You're listening to episode 37 of the Freedom Lifestyle podcast series. Thank you for tuning into another solo episode. This will be my final one until we revert back to regular programming of interviewing amazing freedom seekers who have made the shift to living and working on their own terms and have lived to tell the stories about the impact it's had. For this episode though, I've been reflecting on 30 things that I have learned before turning 30. Yes, in a couple of months, I will be turning 3-0 and I already know that I will be turning 30 from Marrakesh, Morocco. I'll be there with the girls trip and honestly, I am so relieved that I already know that 30 is going to be a kick-ass amazing day. I am openly a little nervous about turning 30. I think you're transitioning to a new decade. A lot of that comes with a lot of association about where you should be, how you're doing, and that whole check-in with the reality of life thing. I'm super pumped that it's going to be a great day, and last year it was as well. I had the opportunity to MC a conference on my birthday, so I worked all day. It was so energizing, so amazing. One of my favorite things to do is host and entertain people, as you can tell. So shout out to the Unco Summit and Kim Curtin for giving me that amazing opportunity for my 29th birthday. Going through this episode and reflecting on 30 things that I've learned was a really great exercise. I highly recommend you do it. You don't have to be celebrating a birthday to check in. And 30 is a decently long list, so I've written them down for you. I'm going to read it. I'm going to be try to be very concise and energetic and leave you with some really cool insights that maybe lessons you've already learned and maybe some that you needed to hear so you can learn too. If something resonates, I want you to pause the episode, take a screenshot, post it on social media, and tag me with what resonated. I would love that. I am so curious to hear when you learned these lessons or if I'm the one teaching them to you. So here we go. Number one, our careers are very long. I have been feeling the pressure to specialize in my career and feel like I'm on a trajectory by the age of 30. The reality is we are living so much longer than we used to. We are working so much longer than we used to and work is changing so much faster than it ever has. It is totally okay to have a midlife career change. I don't know what midlife is anymore, but time is on your side. There's no rush. Two, friendships have seasons. It's not black and white. There's actually a lot of gray. 
I think in the whole, you are a reflection of your five closest friends. And you know, if my values don't align as I'm growing and I outgrow you, you're cut. There's been a lot of that lately and I've definitely participated in it. I've cut people, people have cut me. It seems very healthy and sometimes it is, but there's been a couple of times in my life in my 30 years or so now where I didn't actually cut the person out. We just did the whole let's stop talking thing and pretend like nothing's happening. And then organically our lives came back together and our values and lifestyles merged again. And I was so happy I didn't send that like super long text message saying, you know, why I need you out of my life. Three. I will never have a six pack of abs and I'm okay with that. For a long time, if you chatted with me and told me like, oh my God, you're working out all the time. I would say, yeah, I'm trying to get abs. This was my focus when I would go to Pilates, when I would eat my salads and my smoothies, all things that I still do. But sorry to burst your bubble. If that's your goal as well, to have a clearly defined six pack of abs It's mostly hereditary and it doesn't run in my family, okay? No one has a six pack. They got other things. We all got long legs and I've learned to love those, but I'm okay with never having a six pack. Four, people will remember you for how you made them feel. We know that, but a way to put that into action is to ask great questions. Small talk is so unmemorable. How's the weather? How's your day? How's it going? Just like these open-ended questions, like show you're curious about the person, have an impact on them by just asking a good question. The bar is so low for people to just make small talk happen. And if you really want to make someone feel good and like you care about them, show an interest in their life and get deep. Five, sleeping for eight hours a night makes a huge difference. I used to target seven hours. And unfortunately, I know many friends who regularly get six hours or less of sleep every night. Honestly, they seem proud of it. You know, they talk about the hustle and they have justifications for it. But the reality is you're human. You're not a computer and no one works at their peak performance on low sleep. Number six, the best gift that you could give your friends and your family is your full attention. Put down your phone, stop multitasking, cherish the moments that you have with them. Life can change so quickly and if it turns for the worst, having a few more quality hangouts and asking them questions about their lives and learning about them and really like sharing space and spending quality time together is all you're going to want. So give them your full attention. Number seven, I enjoy having casual drinks with my friends. I think drinking alcohol is quickly becoming the new smoking or eating meat where it's very shamed and frowned upon. I have many friends who've gone sober, who swear by the benefits of it. For a while, the pressure to jump on this bandwagon wagon enjoying this latest health trend really resulted in me judging people in my life in my family we have a culture and tradition I guess in treating ourselves and indulging when someone comes in it's polite to offer them a drink pour them something we and my girlfriends we get together and we have wine and we have great chats sometimes we cry and for a while I was trying to cut all of that out of my life and I say screw that I think different lifestyles work for different people. I'm okay with the fact that I responsibly enjoy a drink or two or three on the weekends. Number eight, when you worry that someone is judging you, you are really judging yourself. 
I have always been someone who cares what people think. I worry about how I'm being perceived. I cared about that so much in high school, so much in my 20s, and it probably will always be a lifelong challenge for me. That idea and that mentality will 100% hold you back. And the reality is people are more worried about themselves than judging you and worrying about you. Literally in a matter of seconds or another scroll on Instagram, they are on to the next post and you are long forgotten. So I'm going to stop worrying what people think about me and you should too because really we're just judging ourselves and that's not cool. Number nine, it's not about how much money you make, it's about how much money you save. I've been very open that I'm late to the personal finance game, but before I turned 30, I decided to figure my shit out, and I have. I have a small contribution going towards Wealthsimple, TFSA accounts, RRSPs every single month, and it's going to make a huge difference in the future. Just because you're making six plus figures doesn't mean you're using it wisely. I've also really worked on living more minimally and focusing on keeping that money in my bank account versus just focusing on how much money is coming in. Number 10, you can only go so far by yourself. I think as women in particular, we've recently found our power again. We are so proud. We are so pumped. We are so excited to prove to everyone that we can do it all by ourselves and we are independent women. The next phase of this though is to ask for help, is to find mentors, is to outsource work that's not in your zone of genius. Stop pretending like you've got it all covered. You'd be surprised by how many people want to help you. And if you really don't think they will, think about how you responded last time someone asked you for a solid. Number 11, going to the dentist is expensive AF without insurance. Now that I'm self-employed, I've had to pay for my cleanings and cavity fillings. Yes, I get cavities out of my pocket and it really hurts. I've had to invest in other routines to keep my teeth really healthy, including flossing almost every night. Also switching to an electric toothbrush. So on that note, I'm going to plug one of my favorite freelance clients and also hook you up at the same time. Bruch, that's B-R-U-U-S-H dot com, is a premium electric toothbrush subscription, looks very fancy on your bathroom sink. If you use the code SMILEFREEDOMLIFESTYLE, you can get 25% off any of their subscription purchases. I'll also include a link in this post, so keep those pearly whites their whitest. Number 12, you can break or make any habit in 30 days. Experimenting with my body by cutting things out and adding things in that I know are good for me. I love experimenting with my body for some reason. I've transitioned to veganism after 10 years of being a vegetarian who swore she could never stop eating cheese. And I've also gotten really excited about morning meditations by making a little competition with myself for how many days in a row that I could meditate. And back to the point around alcohol, I've really stopped drinking wine during the week. I was able to cut that habit out in literally just 30 days of not doing these things or starting to do these things. And it's pretty wild just how much your palate and your desires change. You don't need those things anymore and it becomes so natural. You don't even think twice. Number 13, and this number is not a coincidence, I will always have Taylor Swift's back. In fact, this podcast episode is a nod to her. She wrote an article for Elle Canada 
a little while ago on 30 things she learned before 30. I was totally inspired. We are both 1989 and that woman has made such an impact on me. I know she's also made a lot of controversial decisions. She's also sparked a lot of public scrutiny, but I have decided that I am committed to supporting her music and her work for life. Just like I don't expect my friends to be perfect all the time, celebrities can be humans too in my eyes. She has a way with lyrics that I've always been able to connect to, and I'm a Swifty for life. 14. You can save so much money by just making your own food and making your own coffee. Honestly, I made this shift the year before my backpacking trip so that I could start saving. It was nuts to watch my expenses decrease so much. The trip's over and I'm still making my own coffee. I'm still meal prepping my lunches and I'm saying no to those $14 cocktails over dinner. Um, Splitting a bottle of wine or even just having beer, I know, gross beer, can save you a lot of money. Number 15, the fact that someone is already running a business that you want to run or has already launched a similar product to the idea you have or type of content or blog or podcast, that doesn't mean you're too late. It's actually a really good thing. Too often, I think we Google our ideas, we see websites already doing it and we say, okay, well, too late. It's taken. That is wrong. This means that there's already a proven market for your idea, that people want this, and now there's a model for you to follow. Being a first mover of an idea is much more challenging. Bonus points if you find a way to collaborate with this competition, but it's also totally cool to stock their methods and put your own spin on the execution. Number 16, for the hopeless romantics like me, Being open to influence is one of the biggest factors to whether your romantic relationship will survive. It is so important that you respect your partner so much that when they have a different opinion or a different approach to you, that you're curious and you're inspired versus immediately seeing this as a red flag or some sticking point that you just refuse to budge on. Co-creating my future with my current boyfriend, Jared, has been one of the funnest things I have ever done. We both had ideas for what we expected our futures to look like before we met. And now that we've come together and we're influencing each other, the vision is so much better than either of us had even planned. So definitely be open to influence. Number 17, it is all about the follow-up. You cannot just pitch someone once. Come up with some kind of tracking system or CRM so that you know who you've emailed, you know who you've contacted, and you remember to follow up with that potential mentor, that potential investor, partner, customer, media professional, like at least three times. It is wild to see them reply, sometimes on the third or fourth follow-up, and they'll even apologize sometimes. Sorry for taking so long, with a ton of enthusiasm, and are ready to move forward in your request. I credit my sales background for teaching me the value of a follow-up. Never email just once. Number 18, it's okay to have guilty pleasures. We all need that thing that lets us unwind and disconnect. We cannot have only outcome-based activities. We cannot only spend our time doing things that make us better. For me, it's Netflix and sometimes cannabis. 
One of my favorite ways to disconnect from work is to get super into a new Netflix series and honestly binge it over an entire weekend. I'm still productive. I'll go for workouts in between a couple episodes. I'll do a few things, um, but it really helps me from just like not thinking all the time and having that like high processing brain frequency that so many of us ambitious people have. Number 19, preparation is key. I don't care how busy you get, showing up for a call, a meeting, a speaking appearance without doing any homework and just like conducting things on a whim is not your best self. Yes, you get better on the spot. And yes, some people can confuse themselves when they've like scripted out their talk and it's better for them to just speak from the heart or what's in their head. I get it. But even just having a few things prepared, a few questions to ask, a few pointers you want to hit in your conversation can make you, one, so much more confident, and two, come off like such a badass. Don't schedule so many things in your calendar that you get sloppy with everything. Less is more if it means you're going to do it with a higher quality. Number 20, relationships are everything to me. Yes, I want to travel the world and yes, I want to start a million businesses and so many things in life that are on the vision board, but none of these experiences, none of these wins are worth it if I feel lonely in the end or I feel like no one's left cheering me on. The more I travel, the more difficult it has become for me to remain close with my friends and family. It's been the most excruciating thing to watch some of those relationships suffer. And I'm continuously working on ways to stay connected with people despite the distance. Real relationships are not built on convenience. And for me, that's something that I have just learned really quickly. I need to figure out how to prioritize. And thankfully, there's like a million technologies helping me solve that problem. Number 21, making a list of tasks that you're going to do the night before is life changing. Seriously, starting your day without being like, hmm, what shall I work on? I'll check my email. I'll do this. Okay, let me reply to this. Ooh, this article looks interesting. Dopamine hit here. Bam, it's lunchtime. You've literally done nothing. That's really significantly moved things forward. The last few months, I've consistently been creating a list of tasks the night before that I will do the next day. I put them in order. I schedule self-care. I'll, I'll literally write like meditation. I'll do Pilates at lunch. I'll put in, you know, having a, a drink with a friend or catching up over a vegan donut on my list. But I'm honest with myself about what is going to get done and when. And it's so much more productive. I end up finishing my day early often and I can either move on to fun things or just tasks that I spontaneously feel drawn to and spark a creativity that I want to work on. Seriously, try this for 30 days. You will be shocked if you go back to your old ways. Number 22, I am addicted to my phone. Seriously, it's crazy how many times I'm checking social media, refreshing my email, just looking at my phone when I have a few spare moments or sometimes I'm just stuck on a task and I'll be like, oh, let's just check my phone quick when I want to take a break from it. I'm completely not in control of it and it scares the shit out of me. It's heartbreaking and so unfortunate to know that some of the smartest people in the world are being paid to make our phones more addictive. Seriously, the planet is literally dying and this is where our talent is, unfortunately. So taking digital detoxes and creating better systems, for example, turning my notifications off my phone, removing 
removing certain apps altogether, not bringing my phone with me everywhere and just like creating some space from it. So I don't always need to have that dopamine addiction is what I'm committed to do, but it's, it's a thing and I'm addicted. Number 23, your friends should want to see you succeed and you should want them to be awesome too. There is plenty of magic to go around and I believe the universe is an abundant place with lots of opportunity. Them winning doesn't mean you get any less gold for yourself. Number 24, do the hard thing first. Some people call this eating the frog, which is so strange, but it can definitely be catchy. Really, it just means get your tough tasks done first. Those things that are non-negotiable that you need to get done that day, put them at your start of the day. Everything else is a bonus win. Number 25, screen free time before bed helps me sleep. I have suffered with insomnia my entire life. I am not that person who can sleep anywhere. I have never caught Z's on an airplane or a bus. And I found that just taking an hour or two before bed without looking at a screen has been the most significant change that I could do. I've tried melatonin. I've tried like chamomile sleepy tea. But really, this has been the most impactful. Kindles are really great because they don't use blue light technology, which is something that apparently restrains the production of melatonin, so it makes it a lot harder for you to fall asleep. Kindles don't do that, but a traditional book or even journaling works really well before bed as well. Number 26, aging is a privilege. I refuse to let wrinkles or age spots own my life. It's a battle you will never win. I know people that are obsessed with maintaining their youthful looks with Botox, eyelashes, all the things. And I'm not saying I judge that. And I'm not saying I'm never going to participate in it. But I will say that there's a lot of people who've died way too young that would probably give anything for your wrinkles. So really, age with grace, but see it as a gift. Aging is a privilege. Number 27, your younger self definitely wants you to start right now. I like to use that analogy sometimes that I'm planting seeds for the future. There's goals I have, there's things I want to accomplish, and they're going to take time. So it's so rewarding when you plant a seed in the past and then in the future, it could be just like even an email you sent, a podcast you launched, a certification you took. The future win and the payoff that comes later is you're so relieved and you're so happy you did. So start the thing now. Your future self really wants you to. Number 28, you do not have to finish every book you start. I have never been a reader. In fact, before this year, I openly declared that I wasn't a reader when people would invite me to their book clubs. I had this really bad habit of starting books that I knew I should read, personal development books, business books, and the first couple chapters, you know, I'd be into it. That's what they do. You know, they give you that Kindle preview and make it sound great. And then a couple chapters in, I would just dread it every time I knew it was time to read before bed. And so my new rule is if you're not into it, you don't need to finish it. I've also gotten really into fiction books lately. I love a good story. I love a good narrative. So on my backpacking trip with Jared, we actually read a bunch of historical fiction books together. Those kept me super intrigued. And for the first time, I experienced binge reading, which is totally a thing. 
I was also happy with the investment of time because I learned a lot of important stories and historical things that had happened that I really should know about. Number 29, Instagram ratios are a joke. Seriously, call me out if I'm not following you back. It's a mistake. It's an oversight. I've had a number of people come into my life who I thought were real friends and they did that whole refusing to follow you back thing or even worse, unfollowing you altogether when they were cleaning up the ratios. A social network that's meant to keep us connected can actually bring us so apart and I honestly judge people who do this. I have to. I think that Instagram is such an amazing and efficient way for us to stay in the know about each other's lives. I definitely share my behind the scenes. I let people know what's going on in my life and I like to see what's going on in my friends' lives. I'll say it now and I'll say it again. I think it's personally offensive to care more about your Instagram ratio than what's going on in your friend's life. Number 30, I have a history of being a little clicky and a little exclusive and it's not cool. The biggest wake up call for me has been that I've always had kind of like a girls only attitude and realized like why do we need to put another group down just to raise one group up? It's so sad but it does happen all the time. It really made me realize this when me and my girlfriends would always have girls only nights and Back when I was single, I was cool with this. I'd have friends that have boyfriends and we would say like they couldn't come. And it wasn't until my boyfriend, Jared, he wasn't allowed to come out with us to things. And I really saw how it made him feel to get cut from things. I also started my podcast focusing solely on women's stories and realized like, what the hell? Everybody deserves freedom. Um, so there's that. And then there's also the whole just gender is fluid movement. Not everyone even has a side. So I'm committing this year to sharing more diverse stories on my podcast. And when I'm personally organizing social events, I make it widely open to friends, friends of friends, boyfriends, everyone in between. I'm done being clicky. No one feels good about being left out, including me. So there you have it. Those are 30 things that I have learned in the last 29 and 10 months of my life. I will be 30 on September 21st and I'm probably going to learn a few things over the next couple months, which is cool. I am committed to getting better and learning and personal development and self-development so that's me. I'd be so curious to hear what are some things that you've learned? Are these lessons that resonated with you? So hit me up. Let's do Instagram. Screw the ratio. You can find me by my handle. It is S-L-A-L-I-B-E-R-T-E-E-E. Three E's because of course my like actual name is taken by someone who doesn't post on Instagram. Anyway, I hope to follow you there and learn about what things that you've learned. Until next time, enjoy your freedom.